This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Minutia Men is up next where we're going to talk about Jesus's foreskin. But first, listen to this other great OPI show. I'm Rick Kemper. I'm Adam Howitt. And we're the co-hosts of Free Kicks, a show about international and particularly English Premier League soccer. On an all-new Free Kicks. We're going to talk about the brand new Premier League Hall of Fame. Plus my favorite feature... Guess the Premier League star. Listen to Free Kicks on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. And because it's football, try doing it without using your hands. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opi production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Ah, we're back. Yeah, I'm not going to say, f- you mock and judge me whenever I talk first, so I'm never going to talk first again. <laughs> okay, well, that's fine. We can just let the music roll out. Uh, I, I got back uh, earlier today from taking uh, my son, Johnny, to the, the dentist. He had to get his wisdom teeth taken out. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, man, I just it was just sitting there in the lobby, which, which kind of sucks, but the after effects when you go in and pick him up and have to take him home and and he's like completely high on drugs <laughs> really entertaining super duper entertaining <laughs> i mean he i'll give you a, i'll do try to do an impersonation of what he sounded like you ready <clears throat> all right here we go yeah. i am not able to formulate my thoughts <laughs> my thoughts yeah. normally can be formulated but right now <laughs> They're not formulating. So I don't understand why the formulation of my thoughts is not happening. <laughs> is not formulating. Uh, <laughs> did, did you did you like fuck with them a little bit? Did you like did you like prank I, you know, them at all? I, I didn't because I'm I'm too nice. Um, but uh, yeah. I was thinking about it. <laughs> did Did you ever see? But it was like two. I was two brothers messing with their sister after she got. You know, she's all doped up on Novocaine and they're a zombie apocalypse. Look at, you got a second. Actually, you got all the time in the world, don't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, brothers convince little sister of zombie apop- apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. We can only take one pet. Which pet? The cat or the dog? The cat, you okay. idiot! <laughs> <laughs> you're the dog. He's the worst. He's already dying. Just leave him. Okay, get we, the okay, cat. Okay, I'll, I'll get the cat. <laughs> Mom said we're leaving the dog. Okay, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> Boy, nice. The <laughs> dog's going to love that. You know, the worst part of that video is that mom was in on it. Oh, and you, and you know that after, I mean, she, every family event from her life, they're going to be making fun of her for the zombie <laughs> apocalypse. <laughs> Cat, you idiot. <laughs> the dog's yeah, dying the already. Dog Who dying cares about right. that dog? <laughs> Right. Wow. And you, know, you know, the dog's are <laughs> tilts his head, you know. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. That was something. Well, well uh, do you have uh, any other, any of your other kids have wisdom teeth that are Yeah. Be well, no, I mean, no, way? I think, uh, actually, I think Tommy still hasn't had his out yet. Uh, but uh, Sean has, and that was also highly entertaining, but I didn't get to see it. Bridget picked him up and, and she uh, didn't take good track of what he was saying. But <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, um, so when I was like, I don't know, I guess I was like a junior or senior in high school. So I was a senior in high school and I went to a dentist appointment and Dr. Saltzer, 
I don't think we can get sued. He's probably dead. Uh, said that I'm going to have to get my wisdom teeth taken out because I'm going to have a lot of pain. And, you know, this is we got to do this right now. And my mom, I remember I went home, told my mom, she's like, yeah, forget it. When you start going into pain, we'll start taking care of it. And it never happened. Yeah. See, still uh, your mom is so smart. That is my approach to everything. That is what we call in the business. German. Ger- German. <laughs> <laughs> yep. German. Uh, you know, and uh, so when Michelle, I, I think you've heard the story. Michelle was complaining of a stomachache. And I basically said, just suck it up. Take a, you know, Pepto-Bismol or whatever. Yeah. And she was like writhing in pain in the, the hallway. <laughs> and then we're, all right, finally we go to the emergency room. Yeah, she had burst. Her her appendix had burst. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. You almost so. killed her. Yeah. 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 Well, but, we should do a know, show, Dave. What I, about yeah. my sleep? <laughs> what, you know, sleep doesn't grow on trees, Rick. Um, yeah, I got some stuff. We've got a big show here. We do. Uh, let's let's um, let's let's roll it. Okay. Give them twenty two minutes, and they'll give you absolutely nothing of value. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. So you know, Rick, I'm a bit of a superstitious sort. I don't oh know if God. you've ever. I have never that, met right? anyone in my life that is more superstitious <laughs> than you. Uh, you know, before I took ample dose doses of anti-anxiety medicine i used to lit and, and you know this i would have a little block of wood in my pocket in case i had a knock on it i mean that was how everybody does that <laughs> right sure I, there's nothing so, psycho about that at all so um so i'm a very very superstitious guy so i have a little sympathy for the guy who's the focal point of this story Man throws coins into plane edge engine for good luck. <laughs> Airline oh. cancels flight for safety reasons. Oh. A passenger, yeah, a passenger hoping to fly with some good luck, ended up having the entire flight canceled after he threw coins into the engine of the plane. Yeah, he actually was walking. You know, it was probably one of those planes where you walk to the plane, uh, and he throws like a handful of coins uh, for good luck, <laughs> right? It was uh, in Waifang, China. I don't know where Waifang. It was a flight that was going for to, from Waifang to Haiku. Actually, can you write a Haiku about this? I Maybe. think you could. Well, fortunately, the staff was alerted about the coins. They didn't fly, obviously. The flight got canceled. 147 passengers had to get deplaned um, and probably some bad luck for the guy who did this. But this got me thinking about all the weird rituals and and superstitions that has been brought down from my family to me and i've already talked to you about the you know the wood right um here's a couple things that and i don't think if you explain the wood thing exactly it's uh in case you had to knock on wood right and you had to make sure that you had some wood on you so that oh uh, i didn't say that yes uh, i had a little little plank of wood that in case i had a knock on wood (laughs) because you know you something good happens you have to knock on wood sure right well, yeah if you, um, if you say uh you know something bad's not going to happen you got to knock on wood so it doesn't <laughs> right and you have to basically just knock on wood all the time i've even gone as far as saying i'm knocking on wood for the next six months <laughs> like credit like like wood knocking i don't think credit. you're allowed to do that that's not how it works but anyway t- tell them some of your other crazy ones because some of these are just really bizarre Okay, well, then this is courtesy of my mom. Never drink water after you eat fruit, because it's bad luck. Okay, that's weird. 
Yeah. Um, if the White Sox are winning in the top of the ninth inning and they're they're at home, I turn off the TV. Okay. Well, that's that's because a little more in the normal vein. Uh, if I leave the house and I have to come into the house, <laughs> this is if I forgot faves. something. Yes. I have to sit down, and I got to tell you, my wife who forgets something, I don't know, twelve to fifteen times a day, loves it when I like. <laughs> run to her and, and tackle her that she has to sit down right um it, uh, this she is something did that not I, she did not read the fine print before the marriage right well it was in that it was in that hebrew and that ketubah she just didn't know the, she just didn't read the, the the fine print you're right the hebrew part of the yeah, she was reading ketubah. the wrong direction it was written the other right. way um also this is something that my parents did that i never did but i never smoked cigarette but they would never light their cigarette from a candle that was bad luck really? now granted my dad had a heart attack when i was 13 and died and my mom died of lung cancer so i think the bad luck didn't they didn't quite figure the cigarettes in the bad luck part but yeah never light a candle from a or never light a cigarette from a candle did you ever hear that one uh no i haven't um and also never put money on a bed because it'll go to sleep and lose its value Wow. I do remember my father had one about money. Like if, if there's money on the street, even if it's a penny, if you do not pick it up, it's like saying to the universe, I don't need any don't more need money. money. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> and he used to fly into tirades when he would find like a nickel or a penny that I had, uh, you know, casually discarded. Like this, well, this is the universe well, is going to come back and get you for this. Wasn't, didn't you guys have a nickel tree in the backyard? <laughs> what happened was, uh, he once found a nickel. This is a true story. He, he once found a nickel on the, on the floor of my car and he came into the house holding it in the air <clears throat> and, and uh, he said, what is this? <laughs> I said, looks like a nickel. He goes, <laughs> I found this on the floor of your car. I said, oh, so? He goes, five cents, five dollars, five hundred dollars. Okay, Dad. <laughs> I think you got to cut our family some slack considering they basically lived through World War II and True. your dad lived in a chicken coop, right? <laughs> he did. It's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> Well, I've got a story for you. And uh, this is going to be the, the this show's first ever discussion of Jesus's foreskin, which uh, you teased at the beginning of the show. <clears throat> now, it sounds like a crazy topic, but it's actually in the Bible. The first mention of Jesus's circumcision can be found in the book of Luke 2.21. It's in there, right? He was a Jew. He was circumcised. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Now, David Farley wrote a book called An Irreverent Curiosity in Search of the Church's Strangest Relic in Italy's Oddest Town. And it's about Jesus's foreskin, which was a real relic. <clears throat> well, I mean, they, they said it was a real relic that was uh, in Italy for a thousand years. A thousand years. Let me tell you a little bit more about it. <clears throat> 
Uh, not surprisingly, this relic had miraculous powers of duplication, <laughs> because depending on what sources you read, there were a dozen or almost two dozen places around Europe, mostly in France for some reason, that claimed... Hey, you got Jesus' foreskin? Yeah, I got it right here. Oh my God, how, how many foreskins are there? Exactly. Uh, well, there, there were exactly... Uh, I think it was almost two dozen places around Europe, mostly in France for some reason, that claimed that they actually had the holy foreskin. Wee oui, wee. Oui. It is from Jesus's wee oui, wee. Oui. Um, one of the alleged foreskin relics arrived in Rome around 799 AD when King Charlemagne presented it to the as a gift to Pope Leo the Thirteenth or the Third. Which is understandable, because what do you give a Pope who has everything, right? <laughs> I mean, you can't give him another fancy hat or red velvet slippers. <laughs> and this is a conversation starter. It's, you know, Jesus' yeah. foreskin. And it remained in the papal sancta sanctorum until the sacking of Rome in 1527. And at that time, many sacred relics were either destroyed or stolen. Now, the holy foreskin showed up again 30 years later. In a village of Calcutta, just north of Rome. And for 406 years, every January 1st, the local priest would lead a procession around the village holding the holy relic up in the air, marching around the town. Mama, is the priest holding up a calamari? No, Giorgio, it's more like a, an Italian sausage. And they did this every year for 406 years until 1983, just a few weeks before their January 1st Feast of the Holy Circumcision, which oh, <laughs> would say... The, the Feast of the, the Circumcision? The Feast of the Circumcision. <clears throat> the local priest went on to check the relic, and it was gone. It was missing. Now, Ooh. people were very upset. Some suspected the local priest had given it back to the Vatican. Others believed it was stolen by Satanists. Another theory is that it was stolen and sold on the black market. But here's the eerie part, Dave. Hmm. The mystery was never solved. But if you go to Calcutta today and you listen very closely after the town goes to sleep, you can still hear the sound of a moil snipping and a fabulous spread of chopped liver being gnashed. <laughs> Calcutta. Have you ever been to have you ever been to a breast? <laughs> I have not. Okay, let me let me let me paint us let, let me paint this the stage for you. Pick picture. First of all, all the women are around the baby, okay? And all the guys are as far back in the room as possible in, in like a fetal say, position. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And yes, by the by the spread, you know, hey, is that is that is that uh, chocolate? I'll take a ritz. Right. We, yeah. No one looks me at like the a little baby. Fish? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Nobody, yeah, nobody goes close, and all the women just, lo you know, oh, whatever. It, it's it's pretty, pretty telling. And again, this is like, it goes back to what I say about my wife and all women is they hate the Three Stooges, but if you get hit in the balls, it's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> well, that is the story of the Holy Foreskin. Uh, it's time for another feature. Ooh, no, hold on, hold on. Jesus Foreskin, that's a great name for a band. <laughs> Glad we got that in. Time now for Studio Walls. And the words of the prophets were written on the studio walls. Rick and Dave. Studio Walls is a segment, Dave, where we go back into the Rick and Dave archives, which are vast. And this week we're going back to 1995 because uh, this is Jay Leno's birthday this week. 
And I have a very complicated relationship with Jay. In 1995, John Landecker and I came up with this wacky concept during the days of the O.J. Simpson trial. We called it the Dancing Itos. Vince Argento and I would dress up in Mm -hmm. judges' robes. We wore fake beards and mustaches. And we danced on stage to the parody song. We we wrote to uh, YMCA. We called it YDNA. It was a hit. It was a, it was probably our biggest hit ever on Landecker Show. Our listeners loved it. It was such a big hit. We sent a copy of the song to Jay Leno, along with pictures of our dance, in the hopes of getting on his show to perform it. Now, imagine how surprised we were, Dave, uh, a few days later when Jay Leno de- debuted this thing called the Dancing Itos, and they were dancing to a parody of YMCA. Our listeners yeah. were livid. They bombarded him with calls and letters. They accused him of stealing our bit. And this concerned Jay enough that he actually picked up the phone and called our station. And the receptionist gave him my home phone number. I'm sitting at home. Phone rings. Yeah. Hi. hi, Is this Rick? Yeah. It's it's Jay Leno. (laughs) And Jay Leno on that phone call said that he did not steal it. It's just a complete chance that we came up with this unbelievably weird concept at uh, different times in different places. And, and, and I said to him, well, if you, if you really believe that you need to come on the show and explain it to our listeners, which to give him credit, he actually did the next day. And I found this tape and I want to play it. Cause I think I've told the story once before, but I haven't had mm-hmm. the audio. We did that on a Thursday. Yes, I know. Okay. You sent me your package, I guess what on a Wednesday, on a Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. No, 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 no. Oh, well, in any event, <laughs> yes. you know, we're not allowed to open it. We don't. We, wait a minute. Oh, no, wait a minute. Hold on a second. I know. I don't know that you're not allowed to open it. Oh, we had recorded it three or four days prior to, because we have to. I mean, we have to just to get the studio singers and everything in there. And second of all, <laughs> if you're going to rip somebody off, you would rip off a guy who works at a 7-Eleven who's mailing your jokes. You don't work someone who has their own radio show. <laughs> I mean, it, it wouldn't make any sense. It would be easier for me to go, hello, John, here's a pile of money, let me do your bit, thank you, than to, than to take something from someone as well-known as yourself and know that the next day the guy would go ballistic if you took it. Were, weren't you sleeping when he called? Yeah. That's the quite the, it, Yeah, it, I was. It was like, it, did you think it was like those two brothers doing a bit on you? <laughs> it could have been. It could have been. Yeah, actually. So that's, anyway, that that's the, I mean, if it was, you know, the yes, they did the same parody song. Okay. Yes, it was about OJ. Sure. It was the biggest story in the news, right? But dancing Itos? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Um, you should probably explain to our listeners that are under the age of 40 who Judge Ito is. <laughs> That's uh, a good point. He, you <laughs> know, he was the point. judge in the O.J. Simpson trial. Right. Right. And if anybody, you know, I actually told this story last night at dinner to my, my boys who had not heard it. And they said, well, why didn't you just copyright uh, the Judge Ito thing? I said, Judge Ito is a person. <laughs> you can't, can't copyright his look. <laughs> you know that. I call dibs on Judge Ito. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, we have to take a break, but Minutia Men will be right back. What do you get when you hear a celebrity Minutia Men interview, Dave? Rick, think of Dan Rather and Bill Maher having a kid. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. So you'll get Minutia. Right. What does a Damone from Fast Times at Ridgemont High really think about the movie? Only right? one place to find out, and that's Celebrity Minutia Men interview, a Tony Lasano podcast. Go to 
MyShows.com or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. On Back to You, who's the jerk? I wonder. Sometimes it feels like you are. Sometimes it feels like I am. Sometimes it feels like neither of us are. And then sometimes it feels like both of us are. We'll find out. We're going to take a quiz all about it on Back to You. (laughs) Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfit. Wow, that was great. That was special. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, we talk about some cars that are overhyped and others that are treated unfairly. Plus a quick look at the new Mercedes S-Class. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we're back. Dave, you still have some more stories for us? Yeah. Before I get into our next story, I want you to I want to read an email that we got from a listener, which actually is going to relate to the next story that we have. Okay. Um, this is from Dale. Minutia Men. Actually, that's how he that's it's not Rick or Dave, it's Minutia Men. We're yeah. like yeah. Bradgelina. <laughs> right? Uh A couple of weeks ago, you told the story about someone cutting their finger off at work and their boss docking them from the time it took to find the severed digit. Right. The exact exact same thing happened to me in 1986. I was working at a tool and die factory in Idaho Falls, Idaho, when I severed the tip of my pinky in a CNC lathe. It happened at 4.25 p.m., 35 minutes before my shift ended. When I got my check, I got deducted for that half hour. Wow. (laughs) Uh, um, Something I want to say to the Dale didn't mention that actually the machine was stopped for 35 minutes and you were only docked for 30 minutes. So stop bitching, Dale. (laughs) Right. Exactly. That's five free minutes. (laughs) Five free minutes, 50 free minutes, 500 free minutes. Right. Did you have a story to tell too? Yeah, I do. This, this comes out of uh, Maricopa County. We, a lot of things are coming out of Maricopa County over the last uh, few months. Police police arrest man after finding his severed finger near neighbors slashed tires. Oh, God. A- authorities in Arizona have arrested a man who police believe severed his finger while slashing his neighbor's car tires after an argument. Uh, police spokesman Hal Couser said Stumpy Johnson. Okay, <laughs> Kevin Johnson was arrested and identified as the owner of the finger found on his neighbor's driveway. That's not my finger, okay. uh, yeah, sir. <laughs> right, right, right. No, it's not mine at all. Uh, well, it looks just like the one on your other hand. Oh, and you're missing one. How are you going to oh, tell me that? Oh, where the hell did that go? Francesca Wickoff, and by the way, that is her name, Wickoff. <laughs> <laughs> told police police that she found the finger on April 15th after discovering that her vehicle had two slash tires on one side. Uh, police said a trail of blood led to a nearby residence. This dude just does not wow. know how to slash tires. <laughs> this guy is the worst tire slasher in the entire world. Um, it appears that Wickoff and her husband went to a neighbor's home the day before where Stumpy got drunk and threatened her and her husband. And, well, there you go. Yep. So, kids, Amazing. if you're going to uh, 
If you're going, to, if you're going to give somebody the finger, don't do it literally. You know, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, do what my ex girlfriend did in college, and that is slash it in the middle of the night, all four tires, and right. and leave no trace. Right, right. Although everybody knew it was her. <laughs> right, exactly. But she still has all of her ten fingers. <laughs> Uh, so, Dave, uh, I know you're a baseball fan, and you know, I'm a Cubs fan, having written oh, hey, a book uh, every I Cub saw that ever. Rizzo Rizzo uh, got a strikeout yesterday, or he threw a strikeout yesterday, right? Yeah, in a 10 to nothing loss. Uh, uh-huh. Yes. And, and it was kind of funny because Freddie uh, Freeman was the guy that he struck out. And Freddie Freeman on the Atlanta Braves, uh, earlier this year, he got into a rundown, and, and Rizzo, there's a video of Rizzo going, Freddie, Frederick, Freddie, Frederick. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> anyway, they must be friends. I'm hoping they're friends. <laughs> but this is a very hard Cubs team to watch, and after a, a great six-year run, making the playoffs five of those years and only narrow, narrowly missing it the other time, I'm thinking that this chapter is closing on this Cubs era. Mm-hmm. And last night, you mentioned it was a 10 to nothing loss, and it was uh, very upsetting. And Cubs manager David Ross, who's pretty normally a mild-mannered guy, uh, well, let me play what he said after the game. I'll tell you one fucking thing. I hope we get fucking hotter than shit just to stuff it up them 3,000 fucking people that show up every fucking day. Because if they're the real Chicago fucking fans, they can kiss my fucking ass right downtown and print it. They're really, really behind you around here. My fucking ass. What the, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Go out there and let my fucking players get destroyed every day and be quiet about it for the fucking nickel-dime people to show up? The motherfuckers don't even work. That's why they're out at the fucking game. <laughs> They want to go out and get a fucking job and find out what it's like to go out there and earn a fucking living. 85% of the fucking world's working. The other 15 come out here. A fucking playground for the cocksuckers. Rip them motherfuckers. Rip them cocksuckers like the fucking players. Got guys busting their fucking ass and them fucking people boo. And that's the Cubs? My fucking ass. They talk about the great fucking support that the players get around here. I haven't seen it this fucking year. The name of the game is hit the ball, catch the ball, and get the fucking job done. Right now, we have more losses than we have wins. The fucking changes that have happened in the Cub organization are multifold. All right, they don't show because we're 5-14. and 14. <laughs> and unfortunately, that's the criteria of them dumb 15 motherfucking percent that come out to date baseball. The other 85% are earning a living. It'll take more than a 5 and 13 or 5 and 14 to destroy the makeup of this club. I'll guarantee you that. There's some fucking pros out there that want to fucking play this game. But you're stuck in a fucking stigma of the fucking Dodgers and the Phillies and the Cardinals and all that cheap shit. I, you know, longtime Chicago fans know, of course, that that was not David Ross. It was Lee Elia on April 29th, 1983, that he had that tirade. And it's good to see that that can really work all the time throughout my lifetime. And, and uh, it works perfectly right now. What did they? What did that pep talk do? Uh, what did they end up the season in 1983? Do you remember? Uh, last place, I believe. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, and Lee Elia so that really- was fired. <laughs> <laughs> Now, a little uh, trivia about that uh, clip, though. It was, there was only one person that got that recording, and his name was Les Grobstein. Yeah, he's still on the score. He is. At the time, he was a WLS sportscaster, and he was the only one in there, and he got that tape. And Lee Elia is still remembered for it, (laughs) and every time he comes out in public... He gets it. Somebody mentions it to him and it is now 39 years ago, 38 years ago. All right, Dave, uh, we have a a fun guest coming up this week on the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Why don't you tell everybody about him? Yeah, this will be anybody who is a certainly a video game fan um, who um, for our younger audience out there, but even for the old the old kids out there, um, if you like Mortal Kombat and um, just a ton of video games. The main voice of all those video games is named by the name a man by the name of Richard Epcar. Yep. And he's going to be on our show. We had an interview. It was just great. He even did voices for us. Right. He even uh, well, here let's uh, let's play a little clip right now. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. One of the most respected, sought-after character voice actors in the world, Richard Epcar. Who is on your Mount Rushmore of character voice artists? I have to uh, defer to the to the granddaddy of all this, who Mel Blanc is, uh, is the guy who really kind of yeah. uh, created this uh, whole genre really and uh was an an incredible talent and and so amazing at what he did and uh you know he would definitely be on there you know i i always have a soft spot in my heart for peter cullen who does optimus prime he's he's a terrific guy and uh he just really brings that character to life i have to say that the one thing that's the the big difference between uh the on-camera world and the uh the voiceover world is that 99.9% 99.9% of the people in voiceover are just the nicest people you ever want to meet. Whereas the on-camera world is uh, not as big, but I would say 5%. We would have to put them in the dick category. <laughs> if you'd like to hear the entire interview, listen to Minutia Men's Celebrity Interview. It's on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Dave, another one in the books. Yep, five shows, fifty shows, five hundred shows, Rick. <laughs> hey, did you hear the moil? You know, you know, you you don't have to pay a moil. You know why? Why is that? Because he only takes tips. But um, special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasana with OpiShows dot com. Opi is hippo backwards. O p p i h shows dot com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of Minutiaman. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Is this real life? The preceding was a presentation of OPI Productions on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? The Stick to Everything podcast with Larry Hawley and Paul M. Banks. And during this program, we will stick to everything and avoid nothing as we try to inform you on topics of news, sports, pop culture, maybe even beverages. 
Most importantly, we hope you have a good laugh, a good cry, and maybe also even learn something while you're here. That would be a good episode. Listen to Stick to Everything on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Radio Misfits. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Minutia Men on the Radio Misfits. Today on this week's Minutia Men, we're talking about Nazi stuff. Oh, and then we're talking talking about a cub, because we do that. We have an interview with a guy or a girl. We don't even It's Mark Cuban. We're interviewing celebrities. Ooh, it's the Minutia Men celebrity interview. They clearly, we're all in a great place for this. We're just we're spending like a full minute ripping on Minutiaman. The only reason we even exist, the only reason this whole goddamn network exists, I swear. The best thing this show has going for it right now is that it's on the same network as Minutiaman. And friends. An Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great Talk Radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com.